2: TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three, four. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. All right. They got us up
0: on a Saturday. Actually, I got you guys up mostly on a Saturday is what happened. Thanks a lot, buddy. We're live. This is not pre record On a Saturday. Not, this is not yep. best of. Yep. Well, it might wind up being I'm best half of. asleep. <laughs> <laughs> 10
1: o'clock
0: until noon, and uh, we're going to have a couple fun segments. In other news, will be part of the programming today. I have a pecking order for you guys here shortly, but just to answer a question that Judd threw out right before we turn the mics on, that new, is it the American... Alli- football alliance, alliance the Alliance of American Football. Mm-hmm. I think that's right. The second is that, one is that it? I don't know. I believe that starts this weekend. Yes. Do you guys have any interest? Well, Actually, <laughs> yes. Really? I do. I have more interest in the XFL just because Vince McMahon and it already existed 20 years ago. But I am interested in the Alliance of American Football.
3: Like, I was excited about the XFL the first time around, but like the Who, I will not be fooled again. You're not You're not even going to test it out? <laughs> no, it's bad football. <laughs> Gentlemen, it's, it's going to be bad football. I'm so old that I remember
1: watching what I believe was at least the first national telecast of the USFL. And one of the teams, I believe it was on a Sunday, it was a springtime league when it started. And one of the teams on a Sunday afternoon on ABC was the Herschel Walker-led New Jersey Generals playing at home, and of course, that team was owned by Donald Trump. Oh, yeah, that's But right. when you're 14, you think, this is a cool new league. <laughs> this is really cool.
0: Year, probably. So the games, the, the first game is at 3 o'clock Central Time. No, I'm sorry. It's primetime. I'm going to grab my phone so I can set, set my lift. DVR. Go yeah, ahead. do it's it. It's on CBS, CBS right? Or mm-hmm. Is it CBS, no, or CBS I, think, I think the first game is on CBS. Wow. Uh, Hello, San friends. Diego and San Antonio, Atlanta, Orlando. And there is a section on this preview article that I scrolled through. And there's a subsection. It's ESPN.com. Did a, here's what you need to know about the Alliance of American <laughs> Football. And there's a subsection of it's the like a article. short article. Nothing. Well, there is a subsection that says... <laughs> so, you
2: w- Does he hate
3: me in it?
0: I think he's too old. Oh, okay. And his uh, real name was? I have no idea. Rod uh, Smart. Rod Smart, yeah. Rod Smart. Uh, Christian Hackenberg is one of the starting quarterbacks. Yep. Matt Sims. I'm assuming that's one of Phil Sims' kids. I don't think... I don't know that. Okay. But I remember him in college. Aaron Murray. Yep. Georgia, right? Yeah. Trent Richardson is one of the starting running backs. How far that guy has fallen Wasn't he just arrested
3: in the drive-thru of a Whataburger after he fell asleep behind the wheel? Uh, that
0: wasn't him. Oh, that, was, that him. was another running. Okay. That was another former My running to Trent back, Trent Richardson. Out. I I'm mischaracterized not, him. That's, that's awfully judgy. <laughs> <laughs> it could have happened to anybody, uh, right? D- who among us? Denard <laughs> Robinson, former quarterback of Michigan, yep. and oh, wow. okay. slash player. I remember that name, Bishop Sankey. Yep, And our favorite lumbering two and a half yards per carry running back in recent Vikings history, Matt Asiata, will be a starting running back. I don't know which team, but he plays. He's going to be a-, a star in that league. <laughs> he might be. He's that going guy, to be. That guy got me some fantasy numbers a few years back. Matt Asiata did,
3: mm-hmm. huh? Do you know why yeah. he did? Because they wouldn't quit using him. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was the
1: bane of all Vikings fans' existence for a season. It's like, why is he on the field?
0: So what would get you to watch a secondary football league, Rami?
3: I don't know that they. I don't know that they could get me because all the talent is in the NFL. Everything else. Oh, Let I is... can tell that to Bishop Sankey. <laughs> <laughs> Everything else is an inferior product, and I, I, I don't have time for that. I watch sports to see the best in the world. At what they do, do what they do better than anybody else in the world. That's why I turn on my TV and watch sports, and these guys aren't that. You guys know I have a TV addiction. I have almost the whole season of The Punisher to binge watch today. You think <laughs> so I got time? I'm sorry, The Punisher. The Punisher on Netflix. Okay. It's a it's a Marvel series. Okay. I, I I You think I have time for inferior football when I have the whole season of The Punisher to watch this afternoon? So
0: you're running everything through a filter of... Is it more entertaining than The Punisher yes. on Netflix? Okay. Yes. Okay. But,
1: right. But would you dip in? See, I'll dip in and be like, "I'll watch this for
3: a very short period of time, but then I'm probably out forever." How about this? If it's at all exciting, Phil, you text me and I'll turn it on in the fourth
0: quarter. Okay. Fair enough. Okay. All all right. Right. So, uh, d- define exciting. Is it is it a close game with with Christian Hackenberg
3: <laughs> leading his team?
0: This is going to be impossible to do
3: if it's close and not hideous football. If it's close and, and
0: not just football that makes you want to throw, Bill
1: might think it's a great game, and you might turn it on and be like, "This is
3: garbage." What the hell are you talking about? So the, re- the
0: reason I'm in is because I you know, there's a lot of things that drive me nuts about football, but I love football as well. I believe you characterize it as your love for the NFL is just jam jam a needle into my veins and pour NFL into my yes, body, right? Right. And uh, and I am that way with the NFL as well, but all. I'll dip into so I'll dip into random college football games from time to time. I mean, when you watch college football, you're not watching the best in the world. No, but you're I, watching a bunch of college kids. Other than so the- this is going to be better football than than college football other than the think? teams
3: that I have a vested interest in, which are Miami. For some reason I picked them as my team when I was a kid. I have no idea why, but I've stuck with it. Uh, Wisconsin for my time in Wisconsin and now the University of Minnesota. If I have a vested interest, I will watch your game. Other than that, I'm only watching two top twenty five teams play against each other. I'm not watching I'm not watching Michigan against Sisters of the Poor. I'm not I'm I'm not watching lopsided matchups in college football. That's a waste of my time too.
1: I, I think the problem with leagues like this too is that you you turn on the game and often the stadium's empty and it's it's a bunch Tight of camera shots and it's just a bunch of has been's and it turns sad quickly. There's Bishop Sankey who played for the Titans last year and now he's trying to make it back and you're just like D- no the dude is broken down it's not not go- going to work. College football games there there's eminent hope right right I mean the stadium often not here but in lots of places is packed Saturday night SEC is fantastic but this league by about week three. Well, there's ten
0: people here, and the players are basically, for the most part, washed up. Yeah, I think the word hope probably applies here. And that's why minor league baseball is sort of fun to watch, because it's a bunch of 18- to 22-year-olds that you hope at some point will become stars on your major league team. So you follow minor league baseball closely. Are they doing anything... Unique or different in
3: this league, like Vince McMahon tried to do in the XFL with the uh, the, the 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 instead of the coin toss, they had to scramble the for scramble for the football to decide, which who couldn't would... cause any concussions no. whatsoever, no, or a separated shoulder, which no. is what happened, and that's why they stopped doing it. <laughs> um, but are they doing anything different or unique that might grab my interest here? I, in I'm
0: going to pull this thing back up here because those new those names you just read off do not grab my interest. No, <laughs>
3: Christian <laughs> H- Hackenberg was supposed to be a first. O- <laughs> overall pick two years before he was picked like in the fifth round. I was supposed to be six feet tall, Judd. It just didn't happen. The doctor screwed up on, on <laughs> me, too. The doctor told my mom at an early age,
1: this p- this boy is going to grow, and he's going to be six foot five. All right, here's, like, what
0: happened, Doc? Here is everything you need to know according to ESPN.com, about the new AAF. And there's another subsection. Are there any rule differences from the NFL? I'm just going to go through this, okay? All right. Well, the NFL doesn't know its own rules, so I don't know how you determine (laughs) that. A catch (laughs) is not a catch unless you think it's a catch. (laughs) Yeah, rule difference number one, everything is a catch. Okay? Uh, uh, The most notable one is no kickoffs, which is something Bill Polian insisted on if he was going to be involved. They did this because data they collected said the kickoff was largely a non-dynamic play with the largest number of injuries, so instead, the ball will just start on the 25-yard line after each score or at the start of the game. The NFL is going to adopt that. I was going to say, that's right. not that's absolutely not surprising. Instead of an onside kick, uh-huh. if a team is trailing by 17 points or more, I'm assuming, or if there's five minutes or left less left in the fourth quarter... A team can attempt an onside conversion. I love this. We've always said... Collar has talked about yeah, this as well. Well, this this idea sort of... You, me, and Chris Long had a segment three or four years ago. Yeah. So how do we fix the onside kick and the kickoff rule? Every, every kickoff should be just be replaced by a 4th and 18, or whatever that whatever the so percentage what, what's would be. the what's the uh, potential conversion they're going to try to so attempt? you would get your ball in these late-game situations at your own 28-yard line, and you have to convert a 4th and 12. So it's very so similar you have, to what you we have one play to get 12 yards. Yes, and if you get the 12 yards, you, keep you get the, the ball. ball. And if you don't, then they get the ball at the 28 yard. line. you keep
3: it at the spot of the end of that play?
0: Yes. Okay. So you get it at the 40 yard line or right. further ahead. Right. Uh, more rule changes here. These aren't NFL rule changes. This is the Alliance of American Football. There are no extra point kicks, so a team is going for two after every touchdown. So they're just getting rid of kickers, basically. Yeah, kickers. So
1: they're not going to have to pay kickers.
0: Yeah, it sounds like they don't even have any use for.
3: Well, there are field goals, right? Are there, there field, would be goals, field goals, goals in this league? And there are. There, is there? I'm I'm assuming there's punting in
0: this league. Yes. Okay, so guys yes. will be employed to kick footballs. Overtime rules have the ball starting on the ten yard line with four downs and a two point extra point if a team scores. Field goals are not allowed in overtime. So it's the it's a a version of the college rule, basically. Then, right? But you can't kick a field goal. You right, have to no, but I'm, I'm saying, so you're going to have, but you're going to go back and forth with the ball at the 10-yard line yeah. being placed. Okay. Uh, teams can only rush five players and can't blitz players from the secondary. So if you have five men on the line of scrimmage on defense, those are the only ones who can rush. Mm, I don't like that. What's the upside to that? Quarterbacks don't get murdered. That's probably it. They, they that's recognize Christian that. Hackenberg that's again. the point. They recognize that Christian Hackenberg is the quarterback, right. and we just don't that's want to. That's your moneymaker.
3: Okay. All right. Now you jump
0: the shark. Um, And then with replays, officials won't have to go under the hood or watch a tablet. Instead, the official will have an earpiece to communicate directly on the field with the replay official in real time. So i, I got to be honest, I'm more interested in the AAF than the NFL now after those rule changes. <laughs> those are five things the, the NFL should consider. To, they
3: will adopt at least three of those w- within the next two years.
0: <laughs> and so, the yeah, NFL
3: did adopt at least one thing, and maybe more that Vince McMahon did in the oh, NFL. Yeah. The camera mm-hmm. on the string uh, above the field. That that follows the football around basically. Yeah. That was an XFL innovation. It was yes. So
0: I mean, innovations. The cheerleader locker room camera shots. Absolutely. That was an XFL absolutely. innovation. Absolutely for sure. Yeah. Is that the most oversold thing
1: ever in sports? Probably. They spent how long being like, we are going to have cameras in the cheerleaders' locker room. You you've never seen this, and then it was like. You saw it. You're like, that's really what you were teasing. That didn't age well, by the way. <laughs> years later. No, it didn't. But they also promised the the male demographic something that they never even came close to delivering on. Well, were you did you, did you get duped? Did you think I was 30 years <laughs> old at the time? Oh I'm like, God.
2: yeah, cool. Let's see this.
1: <laughs> of
3: course. Yeah, you, you're gonna promise me something. You're Vince McMahon.
1: I assumed you. But no,
0: that that was that might have been the most overhyped. Yeah, thing he got our hopes He got our hopes. up. Yeah, <laughs> yes, I got duped, and I'm still mad about it uh gentlemen i have a pecking order for you guys based on a conversation we had started on twitter on thursday okay about thursday was the nba trade deadline and we discussed and took some suggestions for our least favorite trades in minnesota sports history i got 10 of them from my perspective all right you guys can fight me or tell me that i'm right or wrong okay when we come back all All right? right we're live at the choice bank minnesota golf show and uh, we're expecting a really large, fun crowd today. You can get in right now; it's open, um, and you can go to minnesotagolfshow.com for full details. And anyone who makes a putt in front of the score north stage between now and the end of uh, the golf show on Sunday is entered to win a foursome to Troyburn Golf Club. We have six to give away. We'll do the drawing on Monday. So you come, you sink a putt here, and you're entered to win a foursome at Troyburn. Golf Club. Plus, Adam Thielen's going to be on hand today uh, between noon and 2 o'clock hosting a kids putting clinic with proceeds benefiting the Thielen Foundation. It's Mackie and Judd live from the Choice Bank Minnesota Golf Show. Bonus, Mackie and Judd with Rami. Hey, it's easy to listen to Score North on 1500 on your Amazon Alexa device. Just say, Alexa, open Score North, Judd. Awesome. Alexa, fire a coach. No, 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 no. It's Alexa, trade everybody. Judd, no. It's Alexa, open Score North. Alexa, more hockey. I want more hockey. Just say, Alexa, open Score North, and you can listen to Score North on 1500. Alexa, open Score North. Score North. Minnesota sports, anytime, anywhere.
1: This is fantastic.
0: Okay. Mackie and Judd with Rami and if you're if you're tuning in this morning or if you're in the crowd at the Choice Bank Minnesota Golf Show just to over explain a month ago 1500 ESPN became Score North on 1500 and you can find us on any platform you can imagine am1500scorenorth.com that's s k o r north.com uh, also the Score North mobile app for both Android and Apple devices and on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube and Twitch all at score north, Um, and throughout the show today and throughout the weekend, uh, we're uh, we're saying hi to some of our partners here at the Choice Make Minnesota Golf Show, including the Minnesota Golf Association, uh, and the and the CEO of the MGA, Tom Ryan, joins us up here live. Thanks, Tom, for coming up. You bet. Enjoyed it. Tell the audience that's not familiar with uh, the ins and outs of the Minnesota Golf Association, what it is that you guys do on a daily and and seasonal basis.
2: Well, what we don't do is just sit around in the winter and and wait for the spring to come. We're getting ready <laughs> for the for the next season. <laughs> Pretty much what we do actually. <laughs> yeah. yeah but, uh, what, what, the, what the MGA is is, is, is really our members are the golf facilities in, in Minnesota, and then the golfers that play at those facilities. So the men's club, the women's, the seniors, the Tuesday Night League, uh, we have 450 member clubs uh, of the 500 or so facilities, and we have about 68,000 members who, uh, who play golf and have a handicap. So you get your handicap through us. We administer that. We run all the major amateur events. Uh, in, in the state, state amateur, state women's amateur, uh, senior amateur, and the like. So we have 23 championships, uh, and then we run a senior tour. Uh, we have member days specifically, so we run a lot of events, and we're really an information clearinghouse as well. So we have a website, we have a magazine, uh, and, uh, and really we govern the game uh, the amateur game in the state of Minnesota.
0: How did okay? Dumb question. If somebody has never has never logged their handicap, I was just going to ask. This. What's the pro- and and what's the cutoff for how bad? Like what is the top <laughs>
4: handicap you leave <laughs> it awesome and with- John, <laughs> do they,
2: Any anybody can get a handicap, but the but the the highest number that you can get is was thirty six for men, and now that's going going to gonna go up a little bit. But uh, okay. any, anyone can really get a handicap, and the way you join is uh, a golf course near where you work live play um, uh or you can actually join online and join through our website and get affiliated with with the club so uh, there's a multiple ways to to actually join but uh uh you know so it's so it's easy it's inexpensive and it and you know golf organized golf is really what 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 we're about so uh uh you know playing golf at your local course with your with your buddies there or or with the other folks so
0: yeah See, 36, so you could shoot, if you could shoot like a 105 on a semi-regular basis. <laughs> You're perfect. Double, You're bogey perfect. Go, double bogey golf.
2: Did you see me
3: over there? I yet? was going to say, a 105? <laughs> the poor guy, the ball went sideways. I walked in today, and they said, sir, please don't touch any clubs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they, saw, they saw you coming and clear the deck, right?
1: A 105 could
0: be difficult for me, for sure. And I can sort of hit it straight. Uh, how is how is the health of golf in Minnesota? And, and I know it. sometimes it depends on if we have a snow dump on April 20th like we did last year. But in general, how healthy is, is golf in Minnesota? Golf is
2: healthy in Minnesota, and a lot of it is because uh who Minnesotans are. You know, I, I was asked once before the PGA in 09 why people play in this kind of weather. I say, we don't play in spite of it. We play because of it. We can't wait till the, the snow melts, the golf courses are clear, just like fishermen, boaters, you know. And in the fall, people hunt and fish and everything else during the summer. So we're we're really a state where people like to get outside and, 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 and play and, uh, and so golf's always always been a big, a big part of, of our culture here.
0: Yeah. And then, um, and then I, I'd like just for you to, to share with the audience, too, uh, the Youth on Course program that the MGA oversees. Sure.
2: We, um, we started, this is the second year of, of the program. It was founded, actually, and created out in Northern California on the premise that we need to make golf affordable for kids. We need to give, take away some of the barriers to, to getting kids engaged and involved. So they came up with this idea that kids would pay a, pay a maximum of $5 when they showed up at a participating course. Um, and then if the cl- if the course had had to make more than that, $12, $15, $20, say, uh, on that junior rate, that that would be subsidized by the association and, and through funds that they would raise. So they created it about a dozen years ago, and about five years ago really started to push this out to the other state associations around the country, saying this is a great idea, this is how you do it, we've got the template for it. And uh, they've really been helpful. And this year, I think, we'll be in, in probably 30 states. Um, we, we joined last year. We had 1,600 kids join the, uh, the Youth On Course group. We have over 30 golf courses um, participating. We're going to keep growing that number as well. Uh, and then uh, the kids just pay 5 bucks, And we subsidize the rest through some of the license plate proceeds that, that, uh, that are available to us. The great thing is, is and I've I've kind of likened it to sandlot baseball. You know, when we all grew up, you know, um, there was always that opportunity to just go out with your buddies and play without the structure. Everything is so structured now, including golf. I mean, we all know that. You guys talk sports about sports
1: structured it. for kids. I have no idea what you're I, talking yeah, about. I, I, <laughs> I, and it's, yeah. it scares people away. It does.
2: It it really does. And I've had three kids who have played sports. They're they're growing now, but but growing up, I mean, we had the calendar just like just like any parents do, trying to get kids from one hour to this hour to that hour. So I think I really call this sandlot golf, where mm. kids can go out with their buddies at the times that are available to them on these courses and, and for five bucks play. And what we've really found interesting is that 75% of the rounds reported back are with family. So we're kind of killing two birds here. We're getting more family-oriented activity uh, and a way for kids to play without that structure, somebody looking over their shoulder. Yeah. Is,
1: is the, the sport... D- doing things too because I, I think of golf like baseball you know it, it's a game that kids picked up at one time I'm sure and played a, a lot but attention spans now are basically shots yeah. and golf and baseball both ha- have the same problem or the good thing going for them which is no clock so it's a sport that I Are you trying to do things that incentivize kids or speed things up or pace of play things in golf, too?
2: Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I mean, there's a whole set of new rules. The the rules of golf are completely revised and modernized this year. And there's a lot of pace of play things going on there. But as far as kids go, um, they're not, you know, they're not necessarily reading the rule book unless they're competing. They're just out there making their own rules. And, uh, you know, kids being out on a golf course for two hours, you know, you and I have things to go you know things to do people to see places to go kids time isn't as critical to them what our biggest challenge is with with golf right now is is as the baby boomers are getting older and 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 not going to be playing much for obvious reasons we've got to continue to fill that pipeline with players and in the old old days um caddy yards took care of that there'd be you know all the private clubs in town and some of the public facilities actually had caddy programs that were big feeders to golf a lot of those are gone and so now how do we fill that pipeline this is one the PJ section has a great tournament schedule that's another one Um, but what we're trying to do is just expose more kids to the game knowing that there could be a lull when they get into college they get out of college their time is 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 uh uh, you know they're not as much vacation time disposable income they're starting families businesses or, or careers but that they'll come back. So we know that there's a lull, but the more we can get into that pipeline in the beginning and get exposed to it, you know, it's a game of a lifetime so they can play forever, and uh, and that's, wh- that's what we're hoping to, to do. There's yeah. more kids playing golf now in Minnesota and around the country than there ever have been.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. Tom Ryan, thanks for coming over. We really appreciate guys. it. Yeah, thanks that's uh, lot, Tom Ryan. He's the CEO thanks of lot, the Minnesota Tom. Golf Association, and um, and you can you can sh- show up here. I'm sure you'll be walking around all day if people want to. You're in a bright green pullover, so if people want to find you, <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Thanks, Tom. Um, uh, Mackie and Jeb with Rami, we are here uh, this morning at the Choice Bank Minnesota Golf Show, and uh, let's let's get right into this pecking order. Yeah, gentlemen, please do definitely. These are so I just want to prep it. This isn't like I didn't pull all of Minnesota sports fans and put together a consensus. This these are my ten least favorite Minnesota sports trades. All right, okay. Are we starting so with ten? We're gonna we're gonna build some drama. Okay, and start with ten. All right, and and Rami for for people who are just tuning in to our show the last month. You're new to Minnesota. Yeah. And so, so you I may might, even be new to some of these trades. I might have some questions about them. Yes. There's a couple, like, you were in Milwaukee for 12 years. There's definitely a Milwaukee trade indirectly involved here. There's okay. a couple, couple former Brewers players that you're going to find interesting. I think I know who you're okay. talking about. Yes. But let's start with number 10. All right. All right. Aaron Hicks traded to the Yankees for John Ryan Murphy, who was supposed to be the Twins' catcher of the future. The, the, the Yankees were looking to, for maybe a reset button. They needed an outfielder. The Twins were looking for some catching help, and they wanted to hit the reset button in Aaron Hicks. So, all right, let's 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 both swap the players that were disappointed in, the young players, and give them a fresh, clean slate right. with a new organization. That worked for Aaron Hicks. Yeah, he hit 27 home runs with the Yankees <laughs> last year. John Ryan Murphy didn't.
3: No? He, he batted
0: 202 with the Arizona Diamondbacks oh. in 200 plate appearances And last
1: year. Th- The Twins turned him into whom? A pitcher, right? some rando, did the Twins yeah. go get some <laughs> <They> pitcher? <did. laughs> I think Falvey
0: basically just said, this guy is not good, and gave him away. Yeah. So, so that didn't yeah. work out well for the Twins. Yes. All right? Yes. Number nine, and this is where I think Judd's going to fight me. I have the Herschel Walker trade number nine. All oh, the way my down at least- number nine? Oh, yes. Yeah, hold on. I'm going to tweet you. <laughs> <laughs> that
2: is
3: so moronic that I'm going to join in on the people who are... I'm going to be the first. (laughs) What is with you lately? The other day you didn't want to talk about the Minnesota Wild. You told people to just go read your column. Now
0: Phil is sitting right in front of you. Phil is what you have to say, but you're going to go to Twitter? We're multi-platform now. Yeah, (laughs) exactly right. (laughs) Score notes. I'm going to flame (laughs) him. It's Minnesota sports
3: anytime, anywhere. Exactly. Multiple multiple
0: platforms, Multiple platforms. When we're hosting shows,
3: we should, you know, host the shows and not express Sorry, the opinion. Re- <laughs>
1: Twitter, and only Twitter. The rest of your list
3: better be pretty
1: damn good for the Herschel Walker trade to be uh, nine. Well, I'm well, with but I want to hear the rest of the list. so well, let me justify this. Okay. okay,
0: so it's it is a terrible trade. Obviously, they traded boatloads of draft picks, and they wound up getting what they thought was the missing piece to their Super Bowl hopes. And he never even rushed for a thousand yards. I don't think in a Vikings uniform in an individual season. Uh, he was might, fine. He just wasn't. Right. He wasn't. He wasn't. A disaster, but he wasn't the he wasn't the player that they thought they were trading for. But it didn't shipwreck the franchise. Mm -hmm. The Vikings were still really, really good from 1990 all the way through when they got Randy Moss in 1998. In fact, they made the playoffs almost every year between the Herschel Walker trade and the eventual 15 and one NFC Championship game season. So the reason I don't put it quite as high is because it didn't total the franchise. Like people go back and oh my god, that trade was a yeah, like. It was a bad trade, but they were fine. But they weren't. So that's my logic. He okay? never
3: did run for a thousand yards with the Vikings. He right, six sixty-nine. Yeah. But like the Hicks trade, seven seventy and eight twenty-five.
1: You know, kill. The tw- I, I don't think of these trades as they they had to have shipwrecked the franchise. I just think if you look at the trade and say, "Oh my God, I can't believe
0: you gave up no, that much they, for that." They were aggressive in a spot where they thought they could win the Super Bowl, and well, the, I tend to think that it's it revisionist history because of what the Cowboys did with the assets. It was it
1: was worse for me in in retrospect when that thirty for thirty came out about it, the short one, and I didn't realize that in that trade the players that were traded were all attached to draft picks and that Mike Lynn of the Vikings thought that the Cowboys were actually going to keep all those players and <laughs> let's not use the draft picks. It's like, how bad did you get played by Jimmy Johnson? Yeah. It, it's also... And yeah, if they had kept the players, the trade's not that bad. Yeah. Like, that group of players was not that great, but they were all attached to draft picks. Johnson, I think, cut every last player, took it took all the picks and then uh, started to turn around and make turn those picks into different picks, which I think was Emmett Smith.
0: But we assume that, that I think we go down the line of oh well, the Vikings would have had Emmett Smith for ten years. Oh and no, that's no, not that's necessarily not true. true. I agree. No, you're right about that. That's yeah. not true. Okay, so that's number nine. Okay. okay, number eight. The Timberwolves once traded a first round pick for a guy named Adrian Payne, and it was like five years ago. That was Flip, right? It it, it was Flip, Flip has that. done a lot of great things. He traded a first-round pick for Adrian Payne during a time of rebuilding and a time of trying to surround the Andrew Wiggins of the world and eventually Carl Anthony Towns with young talent. Where where was this pick? Like where in the first round? Yeah, where in the first round was this pick? I'd have to go look and see which where it landed, but it's it was a first-round pick, and it was Adrian Payne. They might as well have lit the pick on fire yeah. in front of <laughs> in an arena full of Wolves fans. Yeah, okay. So, again, not the magnitude of the Herschel Walker trade, but this is my least favorite Minnesota yeah, it's a bad sports trade. trade where you're yeah, just no. lighting a pick on fire I for I would no not reason. debate that okay? trade. That was a terrible trade. Number seven on this pecking order, least favorite Minnesota sports trades. The Timberwolves once traded Sam Cassell, who still had two or three years of tread on the tires. I'm surprised it's this low on your list, okay? Well, there's some more coming here, okay? <laughs> A lot of wolves, Sam Cassell was traded to the Clippers, and he went and averaged with, I think, a playoff Clippers team, like 17 points a game. He was still really, really good, even in his older age. And the Timberwolves still had Kevin Garnett, so it was not a rebuild phase for the Timberwolves. Right. And they traded Sam Cassell and a first-round pick for Marco Yarich. Do you remember Marco Yarrich? I remember Marco Yarrich. More for him dating Adriana Lima and other supermodels. Yeah, it yeah. was more for
1: the
3: gal than it was for Marco. <laughs> yeah. He had quite the resume. It just wasn't in basketball. Correct. Yes. Yes.
0: yes. Yeah. He, well, there's a joke about where he scored more, and it definitely wasn't on the basketball court. <laughs> Six points per game in a Timberwolves uniform, Okay, but right. if you could have, like, a stellar NBA career or Adriana Lima, which one are you taking? Well, then he lit the relationship on fire by constantly cheating on her, and then he wound up with some other supermodel. So you oh. just he's a supermodel hobby. Okay, so
3: if you could have a stellar NBA <laughs> career or that scenario that you just laid out, which one would you rather have?
0: I feel like you can have both. Why does it have to be either or?
3: I don't know. The bachelor didn't have sex because he wanted to focus on his football career.
0: You I see? find that to be somewhat... <laughs> Really? So- questionable. Not.
1: You don't believe that one? Really? <coughs> you I don't have my that? questions about
0: Colton Underwood. Okay. <laughs> 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 we haven't gotten an update on The Bachelor in a while, by the way. Oh, well, there's a new episode coming out uh, Monday night. I'd be happy on Tuesday <laughs> to spend as much time as you guys want. I don't know about you, Judd. I just want to know what happened to the girl who faked an Australian That's accent. That's what I want to know, time. too. That's all I care yes, about. Yes, because I
1: saw it on Twitter. That's yeah.
0: all I care about. So that gal, if I, I think, I have to go back and watch just to make sure. I'm pretty sure that gal is still in. Oh, okay. And is she still using the accent? No. Oh, what? Her new hook is she claims to have never been kissed before. That she's oh. 24 years old. How can she be trusted? And she's never been kissed before. She faked
1: an accent. <laughs> How can you trust her? How has she not been voted off the thing?
3: I can't trust her. It's not a vote, Judge. Whatever. <laughs> rose is given. Right? Oh, well, it's, I mean it's a vote, but it's
1: one How guy. How has she not voted. been DFA'd, okay?
0: <laughs> I don't know. How can you trust this person? I don't person? know. She
1: faked an Australian accent.
0: All right. Least favorite trade number six All right. in Minnesota sports we history. We digress. This is my own personal mm-hmm. list, okay? Kevin Garnett to the Boston Celtics for everything except Rajon Rondo. (laughs) In this trade, they got Al Jefferson, Ryan Gomes, Gerald Green, Sebastian Telfair, Theo Ratliff's contract, two future first-round picks that wound up becoming Wayne Ellington and Johnny Flynn. So they had one of the greatest players in the history of the NBA, in his prime, and A bunch of teams banging on the door to swing a trade, and they couldn't even get the best prospect player from the Boston Celtics in that trade. They wind up with six assets, maybe seven if you count the Theo Ratliff contract, and no Rajon Rondo. Okay, the value
3: that they got in return for him obviously was not not equal to what you traded away in Kevin Garnett, but the timing of the trade... Was everybody here pretty much in agreement that it was something that had to be done? You didn't enjoy watching Kevin Garnett go, We but it was, but it was time. It. Did Garnett, Garnett, for a long time, wanted to stay
1: here, correct?
4: He didn't, he wa- didn't, he didn't want, want to be Boston traded. Trade.
1: He didn't want to be traded. So the whole thing was very Wolves-like. Right. Like the whole thing was, what's going on? Why? That's that's the question. The question of the wolves franchise it's just one big
0: why yeah. why is this going on i think to answer your question it just the chess piece there's nowhere to move the chess pieces anymore is kg had been here for 12 years or whatever it was and the frustration wasn't man kg wants out. i think fans understood can't blame the guy right for finally after all these years green lighting a trade or finally saying yeah i guess it's probably best for me to move on the frustration was how can you never find a sidekick for Kevin Garnett? Which is actually
4: some well, foreshadowing to I a was trade gonna that's say, later on because they
1: because they did. And I know you're go- if you're gonna give me the one again, I, I'll keep going. Okay,
0: I know what n- you're gonna do. N- here. N- number <laughs> number five. Number okay. five is one that Judd can appreciate. The Minnesota Wild once traded. This is now eight years ago. Brent Burns for Devin Setaguchi and Charlie Coyle. And a first-round pick, the you know a guy named Zach
3: Phillips who couldn't skate
0: didn't do anything. Well, he couldn't yep. skate. That was the problem. That's a problem and for a hockey, hockey
1: player. Yeah,
3: it's I'm a hard. hockey
0: novice, but yeah. I know you got to skate. He
1: skated like you shoot the or, or, like you hit the <laughs> golf
0: ball. Shoot like you hit the golf ball. In eight years, years in piece. San Jose, Brent Burns oh. has tallied 444 <laughs> points and a Norris Trophy. My favorite one. Declan is this. Goff is over here, just like. But here's the best part. Ready to drown himself in acid. <laughs> whenever you whenever you put
1: the the uh, the terrible magnitude of this uh, trade on Twitter, the apologists all shoot back with. They needed that because Burns was going to be a free agent. They needed that room to sign Parisi and Suter, so they yeah. had to make the trade.
0: Okay, in retrospect, who would, of the, of those three players, the last eight years, who would you rather have? Parisi, Suter, or Burns in what order? Is Burns third on that list? I think he's number one on that list. Uh, if I could go back and redo it, yeah. I'd, I would want uh, Burns first.
1: Right?
4: Oh, yeah. The he's last just, uh, eight years, he's amazing. Do you, know,
1: do you know how hard it is to find a defenseman who can score like that guy can? Yeah. I don't care what his defensive liabilities are. Yes, Brett Burns is number one on that list. And and plus, you got a draft pick who, who couldn't skate, Coyle, who has underachieved constantly, and Seto was a nice player, but the one problem was he had a drinking problem. And nobody knew about
3: it. Again, I'm a hockey novice, but I know that can be a problem. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and I don't think the drinking problem was his only problem. But besides that, he was great.
0: All right, my least favorite Minnesota <sighs> sports trade number four as we continue this pecking order. This made me mad. The Twins once traded Wilson Ramos for <laughs> Matt Caps. Now, at the time, I remember sort of defending this at the time, and that okay, Joe Nathan underwent Tommy John surgery; they needed some bullpen help, maybe. But they were in no danger of not winning the division when this trade was made. This trade was made in like mid-July of 2010, right? When they were well on their way to 95 or 96 wins, and 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 they also were flirting with a Cliff Lee trade, which in retrospect would have given them an actual chance against the Yankees in a playoff series. But they traded for Matt Caps to do one of two things: help solidify the division championship, and most importantly, help get past the Yankees and other teams in the American League in the playoff bracket, right? Yeah. Well, they won the division by six or seven games, and it wasn't like Matt Caps was the difference between not winning the, the division and winning it by six or seven games. He wasn't the hero of the 2010 season? Uh, no, no, he was not. Okay. Was not. And I don't think off. he pitched at all in that playoff series against the Yankees because their starting pitching wasn't good enough to get them a lead in the seventh, eighth, and ninth. So why didn't Terry... And Wilson Ramos became a franchise catcher for other teams.
1: So in retrospect, why didn't Terry... Trade Hicks for Lee and and hang on to
0: Ramos and or it would have been both. They would have had to trade probably both and, Ramos and, and or Hicks. yeah and or do that because they thought Aaron Hicks was going to be a ten year All Star, but
1: they knew that they needed Which they didn't have. But they they were well the fact that they needed to go out at that time and get starting pitching right. Yeah, but they went out and got a closer who is a nice luxury to have, but they still didn't address starting pitching. So like, what are you thinking?
0: These are a lot of rhetorical questions.
1: <laughs> but, I, but I mean, you just connect the dots, and you're okay. So let's call Terry. So let's say you look at Cliff Lee. W- wouldn't you still have been better served to go out and explore the market for starting pitching, as yes. opposed to Matt Capps? Yes. Okay, thanks.
0: Yep. Yes. Can I go back? To a good assessment. Yep. Can I go back to bed now? <laughs> <laughs> you're just depressing me so far. All right, number three on this list. J.J. Hardy was traded by the Twins to the Baltimore Orioles for Jim Hoey. Okay, mm. let let us survey the carnage of that trade. J.J. <laughs> Hardy went on to Baltimore and hit 77 home runs over his next three years, including 30 in the year after he was traded. Jim Hoey pitched 26 games for a 99-loss Twins team the next year, which was the end of his major league career. and In 24 innings, he put 47 guys on base. Yeah, he did what? He put. Forty-seven guys on base in twenty-four innings. I'm kind of impressed. Like that's hard to pull off. It's pretty amazing. That's that's. He didn't mean to.
1: <laughs> I mean, he didn't say today I'm going to go to the ballpark and <laughs> put guys on base. It just sort of happened. It just happened, huh?
0: Yes. Okay. Uh, so that was a bad trade. Yes. Yes. I would say that qualifies. And then, of course, to make it worse. So J.J. Hardy, the reason why the Twins were down on him is because he had a a wrist injury and didn't produce as much as they wanted him to in 2010. Right. So they trade him away at his low point. And when he comes back in an Orioles uniform and does an interview with the Twin Cities media, asking him, hey, you must be healthy this year, and he said, yeah, to be honest, the Baltimore Orioles training staff had a few other tricks up their sleeve that the Twins never thought of, and that's why I'm healthy. Hmm. So he also got... The head trainer of the Twins fired. <laughs> I was just going <laughs> to say, did you
1: write a story about
3: that too? And like Terry got mad or
0: something? That was Pat Nishak. Oh,
3: okay. and Bill Smith got mad. That's yeah. that's <laughs> well, a. I mean, it's Twins. That's a failure of not only the personnel department but your training, your training staff as well. That's 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 failure on two levels in the Minnesota Twins organization. I yes, see why that's
0: so high on your list. It was a great era of mm-hmm. of Twins baseball. All right, number two on the least favorite trades list, Randy Moss. For a mediocre linebacker, Nat Paris, and a draft pick, which wound up becoming Troy Williamson, making it even worse. But that was the second greatest receiver in the history of the NFL in the middle of his prime. Yeah. And you traded him for basically nothing on paper, and then even less than nothing when that seventh overall pick was revealed to be Troy Williamson. Was that, again, I'm going to ask you the same thing
3: about that I asked you about the Kevin Garnett trade, while you don't want to see a talent like that go was the general consensus yeah it's probably time i don't know man i don't i don't
0: think so It was
1: the vikings yes for the Vikings side no for the fan base the fan base loved him okay but they had gone to they had gone to um, when ticey took over for green the randy ratio mike tice actually came out with a le- i remember with, this with the pie chart yep. and saying we are going to get the ball to Moss X amount of times per game, and it's going to, and it was like, okay, that's not going to work. They
0: actually held up one of those electronic counter clocks like you it see in soccer. Cool.
4: <laughs> <laughs> you got to get to 20, I to show the, on the other team.
1: I think the moral of the Moss and Garnett stories is this. If you were the team forced to trade the superstar, you are almost never going to win that trade. Right. Like you're never going right. to come away and be like, you know what? That yeah. was a great deal that we traded said superstar probably in his prime.
0: Boy, did we get back a lot. Yep. And the single worst trade in the history of Minnesota sports, from my from my perspective, costing the Minnesota Timberwolves championships, at least one championship, I think, was the draft day trade of Ray Allen for Stephon Marbury. That, uh, this is the most ridiculous. <laughs> Stephon <laughs> Marbury was a hollow superstar. He was there to put up his 20 points. We overrate Stephon Marbury's uh, two or three years with the Timberwolves and the rest of his career showed you and exposed that he really was a hollow numbers guy and Ray Allen became one of the great players of that era if you would have put him as a sidekick with Kevin Garnett for 10 years and then find a way to add a third supplemental piece they would have won at least champion one championship in the NBA in 1996 that was a great trade and we were beyond excited I was
1: 26 at the time and that team hadn't found a point guard in forever in forever forever and they made that trade, and everyone was like, but you guys this were, is it. But you
0: guys were wrong, man. This is it. <laughs> <That doesn't mean laughs> this is going right. to be it. Did you but not saying, like the trade at the time, Phil? I was 10. Yeah. And,
1: but yeah. but, but I didn't, I didn't every every one of those trades up to that, that one, there was a moment when that trade was made where you're like, I don't know about this because of this. The night that trade, the draft night trade, we were beyond excited. It it was going to be Garnett and Steph. We're going to be Stockton and Malone here. It was going to be fantastic. They finally had a point guard. I will never question that trade.
3: Okay. There there was too much excitement. I do agree agree with what Judd says, that you, you have to consider the perception of the trade at the time of the trade. Because if if you were sitting at home and I can't hold a ten year old Phil Mackey accountable, but if you were sitting at <laughs> home, Judd, Judd would. <laughs>
4: oh, most
3: definitely, especially when it skews you now <laughs> to make that number. I would one. love to see Judd yelling at a ten year old Phil Mackey. You're wrong. You're wrong about. We're about this trade, but I I do believe that if 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 the 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 masses would would also pull the trigger on a trade, it's kind of hypocritical to look back. 20 years later and, 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 and point a finger now, and say, now that was a bad trade.
1: Now, in defense of Phil, though, the one trade o- on his list where we were also very excited that day, the Herschel Walker trade. Okay. Now, we didn't know. I, I think if somebody had rationally explained, okay, here's what can happen because of these picks, you might have been like, ooh, that's a little bit more dicey. Um, but I just remember the night the Marbury trade, the swap was made, we were just – we thought this was going to be the –
0: Great. Okay, let me let me let me close out this pecking order by asking you guys just a few questions about my number one choice. okay? All right. who was the better player, Stephon Marbury or Ray Allen?
3: When Ray all, Allen, when all was, was
0: said and done, Ray Allen. Obviously, okay. yeah. Um, is Kevin Garnett one of the top five players of his twenty-year era? I would think so. Yeah, probably. If you put those guys together, other than Kobe and Shaq, can you think of a better one-two puncher but- in that era? Okay, but
1: here's, here's the flaw. In 1996, <laughs> a point guard like Steph was seen as just being fantastic. Like now, now you're right. Like if you take the NBA now, that trade I don't think gets made. But the Lakers' point guard was Derek Fisher.
0: but at that And time, Ron Harper at, was the Bulls' point
1: guard. But at that time, we were far more um, excited about the proposition that this team had finally found a point guard to work with KG, and that was going to be the Batman and Robin yeah. Uh, combo. Avery now, Johnson you're right was now, the Spurs point guard. Well, but you're right now in retrospect, but that night nobody raised any concerns.
0: We all thought it was fantastic. Yeah. So that's my list, and I'm sticking to it. All right. That's my peck. I'd part. move things around a little bit. Okay. Uh, honorable mention, by the way, the Johan Santana trade, but I thought the oh. Carlos Gomez centerpiece was fine. The Twins just sort of screwed up the development and, and patience aspect. I mean, Gomez became a really good player. They just... The twins didn't the twins didn't stick stick it out long enough. The
1: story of the twins, they screwed up the patience and development aspect. Here are your Minnesota twins (laughs) in a nutshell.
0: (laughs) It's Mackie and Judd with Rami from the Choice Bank Minnesota Golf Show. And a little bit later today, if you're listening live on Score North on fifteen hundred, The Choice Bank Minnesota Golf Show presents the Adam Thielen Youth Putting Clinic from noon until 2 here at the Minneapolis Convention Center Hall B. Kids 17 and under can meet Adam Thielen, get a picture, and all kids will be entered for a chance to win a set of golf clubs. Space is limited to only 100 kids, and you must have a ticket to participate. Tickets are $50 per child and net proceeds benefit the Thielen Foundation, whose mission it is to help youth reach their full potential. More details and to purchase your ticket at minnesotagolfshow.com. And uh, here representing First Tee Twin Cities, our friend Franco, um, we appreciate you coming over here. And uh, the the floor is yours. Tell us about the donation that Choice Bank has made and uh, maybe a little bit more about the Adam Thielen Clinic that's happening today. Oh, let's throw the... Sorry uh, about that. There we go. There we go. go. All right, try again. (laughs) All right. We're silencing.
4: Um, (laughs) Thank you for having me here. First of all, we want to um, thank Choice Banks for donating $2,500 to the First Tee. Um, and today we we are helping with the Adam Thielen uh, uh, meet and greet. We're putting together a, a putting course slash uh, 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 clinic um, along with the meet and greet.
0: Awesome. So, what for people who don't know much about, about First Tee Twin Cities, how would you explain it to a first time a first time listener here who is not familiar?
4: All right, First Tee. Uh, um, we're a, we're an organization that teaches golf. Uh, with life skills involved, so we're, we're teaching, we have life, life skills uh, programming along with golf. So we're, we're giving kids life lessons uh, that inherit with golf.
0: Okay, so how, do you feel like we're in a good spot in terms of getting kids to participate in golf and, and sort of cultivating that next wave of kids too?
4: We are, yes and no, but we we have so many competitions with other sports, but we try to provide like a unique experience where, you know, golf used to be like an older generation, now we're bringing in the youth, we're bringing more fun uh, drills and games at the same time, we're teaching them life skills too, so they could carry that uh, throughout their life, as, you know, with, like we need it nowadays.
0: Yeah. So, uh, again, today Adam Thielen's going to be here at the Minneapolis Convention Center from noon until 2, and... Um, are tickets sold out for that right now? or can uh, people We're still... about
4: half. Okay. Half, half sold. So, so people
0: can still go to MinnesotaGolfShow.com or they can show up in person? Perfect, yep. Awesome. Correct. Cool. That means you guys can maybe go can act Adam... like you're under 17 and creep around. Is
3: Adam Thielen putting on the clinic and can he putt? Is he good enough to put on a putting clinic
0: is my question.
4: We might have him putt a couple, but okay. we are putting the first he is okay. Putting the Okay, all right. The, I'm is Adam fun.
0: Thielen, do you know, is, is he a big golfer?
4: Yeah, he, I, I, I believe he played in uh, high school. Okay. Yeah, and I think. Of
0: course he's good at it.
4: There's a rumor <laughs> that um, they started a tradition of jumping into the pond at uh, <laughs> Ridges of Sand Creek after winning. Not, really? But, yeah. Not, lo- not so looking you, for wayward drives, but after celebratory. That. Yeah. <laughs> that's beer, awesome. Beer yeah. cans, perhaps. Yep. Like that. <laughs> yeah. So there is a tradition that, that's nice. been going on now. So if they win a big, they all the teams jump into the pond.
0: I love it. Yeah. Sounds like fun. I did that one time at Como, but it was because the golf cart was on a a ride beeline straight to the <laughs> straight to the water, and uh, I had to get out of it. But Franco, thanks for coming <laughs> thank over, man. Thank you for having us, thank and once
4: you. again, thank you to Choice Banks for putting this together and their generous donation to the youth program.
0: Yeah, for sure. And we encourage people: if you're in the area, if you're uh, if you've got plans to uh, come out here, go come hang out with Adam Thielen. If you got kids, there's still tickets available. You can go to Minnesota Golf Show com and uh, and get more. So you can just throw those headphones right on the table there, man. All right. Thanks, Franco. We Thanks, appreciate Franco. it. Um, yeah. Adam Theme. Hold be on here.
1: hold on a second. huh.
0: You you have not told me the story. You ended up in the drink? Um not no, your, I, I not over, your golf ball. I, you ended up in the drink. I over exaggerated the story. It was actually the the other carts in a group that uh, the so long story short yeah. It started like spinning on a wet. It was coming down a hill and it started spinning spinning out of control, and the cart wound up in a lake or a pond. No bodies were harmed. Did someone have to pay for this? Uh, I don't know if issue anyone or did you bolt? I think they got it out without damage, but <laughs> let's just. Did move you just on. walk
1: off the cart? <laughs> I want to know more about
0: this. Um, <laughs> we're gonna come back here more Mackie and Judd with Rami live from the Choice Bank Minnesota Golf Show. Yes, friends.